Mind Games, Mind Games. You're listening to Gates FM on Radio Ilford South, part of the Gates Digital Network. Coming up, a new investigative series by notorious Ilford South shock jocks Granfany and the Child Puncher, in which they infiltrate the equally notorious criminal organisation, the GG Gang, verbally berate them for their views on the European Union, and learn to cook cats and piss. Followed by Britain's 10 funniest enhanced interrogation techniques with David Miliband. But first, the bad boys of the Ilford South satire boom turn their signature wry eyes to class in 21st century Britain. It's the Gapes Report. on him because I am a sensible politician. I look up to him because he is a sensible politician. But I look down on him because he is a member of the general public. (laughs) I am a journalist. I am scum. (laughs) I look up to them both. But I don't look up to him as much as I look up to him. Because he implements means testing. I implement means testing through the means of a large and expensive bureaucracy because the country has not got any money. (laughs) So I still look down on them. I still look up to him because I want to be a politician or political advisor one day. (laughs) You are scum. I am scum. I look up to them both, but while I am not a politician or journalist, I am honest, industrious and trustworthy. Had I the inclination, I could look down on them, but I don't. That's right, don't you ever look down on me, do you understand? I will fucking ruin you, I will ruin your fucking life. We all know our place, but what do we get out of it? I get a feeling of superiority over them. I get a feeling of inferiority from him. <coughs> I am scum. Now on Ilford South Radio FM, it's a classic from the Ilford South Radio FM archives, a universally beloved hit from a beloved album. It's Mike Gates and Metallica with And You Have The View. Tree. 
opposing the, the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent whatsoever. Well, we know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, is a hard left wing position. Hard left, the 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 hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 hard left, hard left, Okay, but I'm recording my side now anyway. Same. Midway through that sentence. Um, yeah. Alright, let's just go immediately. Are we all recording? Yep. Yep. Let's start. Okay. Hello and welcome to Real Politic, the only dumb podcast. Today we're celebrating, um... The 4th of July. The 4th of July, the 4th of July, uh, and which, of course, we celebrate at the foundation of Israel. <laughs> and so, obviously, now it's time to return to everybody's favourite... Um, uh, you could say everyone's favourite undocumented people, because these people, there are people that don't get documented enough. There's no other podcasts about these, this country... Uh, America, America Corner. Um, we're returning to everyone's favorite real politics segment, America Corner. Cue fucking Bob Dylan performing Dixie. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, not Israel. Israel Corner, <laughs> our new feature. <laughs> You <laughs> fucking Bob Dylan performing Harvin the Peeler. Oh, we need to talk about that guy later who I was talking yes. about Dylan with earlier. That guy fucking rules. Um, <laughs> my new best friend. But first, uh, yeah, I think it's important that we 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 attend to official real politic business. So. Of course, you know, I've been vague and elliptical in my allusions made to my my plans, my big plans to the guys. Now this is like our on-air real politics. Yeah, it's like this uh, every week, though. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. Um, it always ends up being Bob Dylan somehow. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> this is like, actually, it's like the Eagles. This is like when Glenn Fry was at the band meeting, he was like, we're going to take over the fucking world, we're going to be the greatest band fucking ever, which we already are, but we're going to be even more. But the problem is, it's especially me that's great, and it's you guys who aren't doing enough work, you <laughs> fucking leeches. Uh, that which, as you remember, led um, Bernie Ledden to pour a beer over his head and say, hey man, you need to chill out, you fucking asshole. So it's it's more like that. Uh, so now we're doing this on air. Grind thought like I was going to announce a mass suicide. No, everyone. Sorry to disappoint everyone. We're going to be around a little bit longer. 
Um, what was that thing I did? I just went on like the Jonestown Massacre Wikipedia page and like found the first fucking like letter from one of the <laughs> fucking victims. Like, could, like I, Jack Frenry, leave all bank assets in my name to the Communist Party of the USSR. The above <laughs> bank accounts are located USSR corner. Long live our Soviet the above bank accounts are located in the Bank of Nova Scotia in Nassau, Bahamas. Please be sure that these assets do get to the USSR. I especially request that none of these are allowed to get into the hands of my adopted daughter, Suzanne Jones Frainreed, who is a bitch. <laughs> For anyone who finds this letter, please honour this request as it is most important to myself and my husband, Daniel Zajak. Never actually said his name before. <laughs> we, we tend to call him something else, don't we? We do, yeah. Uh, other than... We tend to call him lots of things. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate Jonestown jokes are what people with more socially acceptable hobbies than me do instead of Chris Benoit jokes, so, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. They're just, like, one step up on the social ladder. <laughs> so, I, I was thinking, I was reading that Wikipedia page, and I thought, you know, like, Jim Jones had pretty good politics, man. <laughs> like, it's just all, you read through it, it's all just anti-capitalism, anti-imperialism. I don't really see what is so wrong with these people, and it makes sense that the Congress Congressman who they, they fucking iced out there was like he was gonna write a positive report about how it was really good what they were doing and socialism works. The Virgin, oh, the Unabomber was leftist actually versus the, the Chad. <laughs> no, fucking Jonestown was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was leftist. It's documented fact that Jim Jones was a leftist. I don't know. Probably like. <laughs> There's probably shit about him being like a CIA asset. I don't know. A lot of like left wing people who do bad shit are I, actually I don't know. I mean, CIA, CIA guys. He successfully like took Paul out a lot. Of, or Lee Harvey Oswald. He successfully took out a lot of left. So Gates. I'm not sure he could be CIA. You've got to have a few <laughs> attempts in there, really. Yeah, yeah. They did get Castro eventually. Yeah, it was like in his nineties, they preyed on him in his hour of weakness. They spent he was like, they spent decades developing, you know, they spent billions and billions of pounds developing a fucking old age bomb, and they're like, yes, we got him. <laughs> yeah, it's finally started. <laughs> There's no counter to it. <laughs> had a d delayed reaction. <laughs> we we got the ball rolling on this one in like 1959. Yeah. <laughs> it's finally reaping dividends. They said it would never work, but now he's died of old age. Who's laughing yeah. now? Yeah, so that's our uh, beloved segment, Cuba Corner. But now back to the United States of America. So obviously now, like, we're back on top of the podcast game. We're, we, we'd spent too long in exile. Now we're back on top. We're, this is our, as Taylor Swift would say, it's our back on top era. That's sort of like the banner of this, like, campaign of misinformation lies that we're currently spreading but yeah i i thought like what would take us to the next level like what is the thing that now that we're like the greatest podcast in the world again we reapplied for the job as bono would say we reapplied for the job of the biggest and best podcast in the world and we and we got it we got the job 
we passed the the um interview with flying colors unless so what... and Dunn were taking our crown back yeah and ed balls and george osborne and all these fucking pricks who it would be a fucking sin to leave this great medium to for them to fucking feast on the carcasses these fucking the carcass of our, our art form these fucking vultures uh no okay so we need to have a bit of kind of corporate synergy the rp core international division we need to make it truly international so in britain we're keeping the podcast flame going of course yaya is our correspondent but we need to broaden our our united states presence so it is it is my duty to announce on air now it's my proud it is an honor it is my it is okay let me explain my thinking behind this a bit while i remember how to say words again have we got kanye on team don't <laughs> interrupt me he, he said he didn't want to be, he said he didn't want to be associated with a show that has uh, extremists <laughs> like fff on regularly <laughs> yeah okay well maybe maybe we'll return to that that area but okay so i thought like okay so you know maybe i lack some kind of like drive and initiative you know like my life's a bit of a mess you know i come up with loads of ideas for the podcast in like a manic creative energy induced by sleep deprivation and then i wake up the next day and i've got a headache and i'm like how do i fucking even do any of this shit is it actually funny i don't know but you know which member of the real politic team is the most single-mindedly driven uh, when it comes to self-advancement you know to succeeding at all costs at getting ahead in the game any guesses are we including past members in this I would. I didn't go there. I didn't go there. It was Grant who went there. Um, uh, just one now on record. No, of course it is the fame hunter Yair Rice. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the man who is defined by his lust for fame, his desire to be in the spotlight, in the light, to hog the limelight. Who needs to be kind of the main character in every situation, you know? And that's good. That he's got charisma. He he. That that's because he's a big personality, and and a big personality. You you could say that he's um he's a local man, Montana, with a, a national and international voice. And and that's a little taster of what I'm proposing, because. Drawing on influence from such great campaigns as Gates 2019, I am proud to announce right now the Yair Rice 2024 presidential campaign. Yes. Oh, yes. Here we go. Yair Shmuel Rice will be the first openly Jewish president of the United States. <laughs> I'll even show my long-form birth certificate. Yeah, yeah. People say, oh, he's too young. You have to be, like, 55 to be president. No, we'll fake the birth certificate. It's no problem. It's been done. 
I mean, because Do- Donald Trump is um, Slovakian. Yeah. Yes, I, I think this is uh, this is a winner. Uh, I think that the more the, the people are exposed to Yaya, the, the the more they'll they'll go for him. Yeah, and and Kanye, I think, is going to have to get in line, and I think so are some other people because I'm going to say it now, Yaya. We're going to have to draw on your family connections. That's not an anti-Semitic thing. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking about your auntie, uh, Condoleezza. We're going to get her involved as a senior advisor, and you, my friend, are running on the Republican ticket. Always helps to have a dynasty going, yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah I'm aware of your extreme left-wing views. I, I'm very aware. I know them perhaps better than most people, better than almost anyone, possibly M. But... I'm I'm certainly up there in terms of an intimate knowledge of 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 both your body and left wing views. However, we're gonna have to make some compromises. We're gonna have to make some triangulations. So there's certain things we can talk about. So we can talk about how you think the Democrats are demons and pedophiles. Oh yeah, that that'll That's go fine. well. That's fine, and and you, it's okay if you say that they're lizards because it's not anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're, you're saying it. You there, can there's, there's, that... a, there's a, a lessening of the ambiguity of you saying it versus David Icke saying word for yeah, word in, the same thing. In, in fact, I think <laughs> you should also call them explicit anti-Semitic slurs because it also <laughs> wouldn't be anti-Semitic if you said. <laughs> and draw on a vast history of conspiracy theories about global domination and media control. It will help me secure that niche as the one who's not afraid to speak the truth. Yeah, you know? walk, walk on stage uh, to they own the media and be like, I'm like Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a crook, but I embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, you can talk about the gun issue as well. Very pro gun, aren't you? How cool guns are, yes. Yeah, yes. show everyone your fucking like bumper stickers and stuff. <laughs> but you obviously have some other positions that might prove controversial. And uh, for for example, your strong pro Chinese stance. And this is where I think we're gonna have to triangulate. So you know, I've 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 been shopping around for for somewhere to launch the campaign. I've been looking for the Chinese restaurant in America with, with the tallest escalator. We'll, we're going to do a grand announcement there where you come down the escalator and and it will be, again, a tribute to the proud American Jewish tradition of liking Chinese food. Exactly. But yeah. then we'll flip it and we'll appeal to people who are racist because you'll then start verbally berating the staff, both about the service. <laughs> That'll go about, that well with the middle class. That's, that's smart. Like and it. about creating the COVID-19 virus. Primarily, you'll go really, really hard on that. So, and, and, and in the background, you'll be actually engaged in talks with China, getting funding, getting them to rig the election for you. But in public, you'll take a very, very tough, hawkish line. Exactly, yeah. I just wanted to reassure you there that in private, behind the scenes, we will 100% be active collaborators of the Chinese Communist Party. Working class. directly, yes, of course, of course. Like Selena in the later seasons, of exactly like that. I literally stole that joke from the scenario in Veep. That's how much <laughs> we'll be working with the Chinese. 
Of course, we'll have to think about the other dynamics of your foreign policy, the other aspects, the dynamic aspects, this fresh, dynamic new way of politics, like on Marsh, but within the established Republican Party, obviously. We'll have to think of other dimensions of your foreign policy. Like, I'm thinking, like, some really heavy, you know, a really heavy emphasis on, like, fuck Starmer, war with the UK. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those limeys have had it too good for too long. Yeah, like, nuclear war. (laughs) <laughs> like it is america far enough from the uk but like as you can give us amnesty so we don't die and because it will be we'll run a corrupt administration we'll like drain the swamp but we'll do our own corruption because if you're gonna like be up there you've got to like play you've got to get down in the muck like starmer you know he's like accusing sunak of loving nonsense and stuff which we'll do obviously we'll do that to the democratic party we'll use Kia Starmer style tactics. That's how underhand and dirty we'll get. Um, where where was I? Um, foreign policy. Um... Foreign policy. Yeah. So war with the UK. Yeah. So so will anyone who we like will be able to give will be able to like uh, make uh, like rig paperwork and get them out of the UK so they don't die. So it will only be like bad people, but we will we will destroy the UK. Inshallah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't have any other ideas? Yeah. So I just wanted like my rationale. My rationale. So why the Republican Party? You ask, other than the obvious family connection with Condoleezza. Well, it's it's kind of like you know it's about like reorientation. So I would say you know right now we're in a sort of like post left kind of period, if you know what I mean. So it's like, obviously, like there was that classic quote from Tony Blair where he said, we're all Tories now. (laughs) The definitive (laughs) Tony Blair quote. It's like, that's truer than ever now, because it's like with Starmer, his ideology, um, he's Tory in terms of his ideology. With us, it's like we're Tories in terms of party affiliation, because that's (laughs) who we're going to vote for at the next election and we're members of kind of thing so that's that's sort of what lies behind like the republican thing it it, it's you know it's about like subverting you know looks like about turning politics on its head everyone's a liberal now republicans are just racist liberals yeah 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 it's like all of us on the left like now are conservatives exactly like garines yes He's a, a conservative. Card carrying member of the Conservative and Union. And some right. might say the Republican ticket is looking pretty busy. Some might say there's a lot of candidates. Yeah, but uh, these guys are pussies. But... Like Donald Trump exactly. walk over. No, okay, so no. The thing is, that's the thing. You would have to go up against Donald Trump, and that is the challenge. But the others, like DeSantis and stuff, they're cucked. Yeah, 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 he's just out there like whining about fucking Disney and trans people and like, oh, don't mention my complicity in torture and disappearances and murder and see illegal black sites in Guantanamo Bay. He, that's just like, he sucks. He's like real. He's fucking terrible. I don't even know who the other people are. Like RFK <laughs> is Democrat, isn't he? I think so. Normally, or yeah. Independent. Yeah. 
My question is, is, is what happens if Yaya wins the primary and, and so does RFK? Because we've essentially just outlined the same platform. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd have to be strongly pro-vaccine. We'd have to be like... <laughs> We're just going to like come up That's with new vaccines back... every week, <laughs> just experimental vaccines. These are the chemicals we've been putting in the water to make the frogs gay, and now you've got to have them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our policy would be based around basically drawing on established yeah. real politic bits, our domestic policy. <laughs> so we, we'd be giving lots of subsidies to the dairy industry. Yeah. Um, st- yeah, we'd be trying to turn frogs gay deliberately, putting fucking COVID vaccines in cows, putting COVID in cows, causing just causing just just like p- having like an area 51 fucking just like throw out all that alien tat and just we're just like creating a little town of volunteers who we then all give the whole town mad cow disease and just watch well, what them. if we vaccinate covid against humans <laughs> yo this is the kind of out of the box thinking i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> It's a, a, a dynamic president, like like Macron, but uh, to the right, obviously. I mean, there's only so much we can do because it's like it's an established system. And like, yes, obviously, like we'll be endorsed by like Condoleezza Rice, and she's kind of like um, a, a sort of um, a conservative from the Bush administration, but. We'd want to drain the swamp as well, you know. That's, like, really important thing to say. We'd fill the entire country with political appointees who would be just be our friends <laughs> who we shipped over from Britain. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be a kind of invasion, but like I say, like, kind of the law wouldn't really matter at this point. In terms of a... gun control, everybody gets a gun. You, you go down to the post yeah. office, you yeah. give your name, your address, you get a free gun. Yeah, because like, that's kind of a good Republican policy because it sort of like sorts for strong from the weak because you just like you give like the kids in nursery school guns and then <laughs> the people who are going to be not strong don't grow up. <laughs> There's not really any more stringent gun control you can have then that control being if you fuck around too much someone's gonna shoot you you get shot yeah, yeah. it's controlled you with get controlled guns. by guns yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you've exactly. got to use your gun responsibly or someone who doesn't will kill you yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so we'll do a fucking photo op yeah yeah where you're just posing with your truck and like showing everyone your bumper stickers and we'll just like blur some of them out or we'll, we'll just superimpose like something <laughs> racist over them to keep the republican base hot like what have you got on there what are some of your bumper stickers at the moment off the record we've definitely got to hide the coexist one Co- yeah, uh, hang on. How could we spin that? Like, um, we could, could we we we, we could, like... with with COVID and embracing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like co co coexist coexist between the the white races of Europe. Uh, um, no, no. Get further away get, from. Get, get a sharpie and coexist pro. It's like Cointel Pro, but better. Right, <laughs> right, don't over it. Like the Johnny Rotten, I hate 
um, I hate Pink Floyd t-shirt. Right? No, just write I hate over it because then it's in like a long tradition of grammatically incorrect racist propaganda. Yeah, I mean, I I, I did I I tried earlier like in, inspired by like the Chris Morris episode. I was gonna like do a bit of like um audio gangster piracy or whatever the fuck they call you know like cassette boy and people whatever they fucking call it like uh clip jacking oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking <That's> sound so... <laughs> murders <laughs> you can tell it was that like, it's most popular in like i don't know 2003 4-ish because everything just had a stupid name like that at that point yeah, yeah, and I spent, like, a good, like, ten minutes flicking through interviews with Yaya Netanyahu on YouTube to see, <laughs> <laughs> to see if it, to see, yeah, to see if any of the hosts, like, had a social mannerism where they say the first name of the person they're interviewing a lot, so they'd be like, so Yaya, what do you think about the Iron Dome? <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like a right dumb cunt, by the way, I gotta say, I listened to just from the little snippets of him I caught. Well, yeah, Yair is a very powerful identity. Not everyone can handle it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And we've we've got to make that case. That's what we've we've. That's the case that we have got to put to the American people. How long have I been doing this bit for? Oh, like twenty five minutes. Fucking hell. Okay. Um. So we, yeah, we can probably talk about other things now. I just I just wanted to. We may we may return to it throughout the episode but i i wanted to just like announce um that yeah like yaya's life will be irreparably changed because i'm forcing him to run for president <laughs> of the united states so any listeners who know about how to hack electronic voting machines any useful skills like that <laughs> good uh, luck slugheads <laughs> it's our only chance open. given that yeah. my campaign announcement is on a podcast whose listeners are primarily not eligible to vote in the u.s <laughs> well oh, that's just one obstacle like we, we, we've got a little while to get around that yeah even our american ones aren't because they're all registered felons true <laughs> they're just rules we can get around them it, it didn't stop biden getting enough votes. that can be your slogan even yeah or did he did did he really get enough the stolen votes? election so, well, yeah, <laughs> as our good friend Lenin said. <laughs> as, they, as they say. What in did Russia. he say? I'm, it's I'm the vote counter Russian. that matters. <laughs> that, that sounds like him. Good old Lenin. Lenin, Lenin. So I guess one of the people who I was considering doing like endorsements of Yair from. Like, maybe we'll hear from a few luminaries of uh, the American right throughout this uh, podcast. I don't know. We'll get we'll get the news as it comes in. We may even hear from Jimothy Baker at some point. I'm not sure. Hello everyone, this is Jimothy Baker wishing you a happy America Day. I'm coming to you from Las Vegas. Uh, I first came here a few years ago due to legal problems, something about mistaken identity, but honestly I've fallen in love with the place and I've also fallen in love with a young woman here. Her name is Gloria, she's a prostitute and I believe she loves me too. 
So I'm staying here at the World Trade Center Casino. It's based on the actual World Trade Center that was knocked down by our allies in Saudi Arabia. It's about a half-size model, but it's very nice. I'm obviously staying here on expenses. I did have a strange interaction yesterday. I helped an elderly Jewish man across the road, and he said, Thank you, young man. Word of advice, don't be in the World Trade Center Casino tomorrow. Something terrible is going to happen. Not quite sure what he meant by that, but uh, you know these are old Jewish men. They're always talking in rhymes and riddles. So, yes, I'm here to show my support for America, uh, the Americans I like, like the police. I'll tell you what Americans I don't like, though. It's these so-called investigative journalists. Like, a true investigative journalist, a British investigative journalist, they know their job is to hold the public to account. If a member of the public like, talks back to one of their betters, then you go through their bins, you doorstep them every day until they have a mental breakdown. Occasionally, you anonymously post them a bullet. But these American investigative journalists, they don't know the game. What they do is essentially stick their nose into business, you know, stuff out that happens at Christmas parties or newsrooms. Uh, you just don't talk about it. It's best just to leave that stuff alone, sweep it under the rug, attack anyone who says otherwise. But anyway, it's been a fantastic America Day today. I'm wishing you all the best here from Las Vegas, and I'll speak to you soon. So thanks, Matt Ford, and I'm looking forward to speaking to you <laughs> on your podcast again soon. Bye. But yeah, one of the guys who I could see maybe supporting a Yaya Rice presidential bid is, of course, um, Elon Musk. Right? You got that? You're fucking sick of hearing of that, about that guy? Yeah, me too. So I'm just going to talk about him now. Um, <laughs> I hate him because all rich people are the same. They're all cunts, apart from the ones who are rock stars that I like. And so it's just fucking like, why do I have to care about this guy's stupid like personality? Like, he sucks. He looks stupid. He is stupid. And I have to fucking hear about him all the time. This little fucking soap opera of his fucking life. Yeah, he's based. He's, yeah, he's, I mean, just he's literally started banning people for moron. saying cisgender on Twitter. He's <laughs> such an he's such an idiot. Like when you find out that like fucking he microdoses cat for his mental health, it puts a whole new spin on the way that he just goes fucking silent and stares blankly into space <laughs> in the middle of fucking television interviews. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I do, I do him for, I do a fucking cat for my mental health. Yeah, to make it worse. Yeah, bro in <laughs> microdosing. He's, he's doing K-holes on, in the middle of interviews. Yeah, he literally is. He's in the fucking hole on television. Fucking me. It, it's, he's just fucking a pathetic, sad man. And because he's rich, like, no one just ever tells him to his face. You fucking freak. And he just can't, like, square the fact that nobody in real life has the balls to tell him that with the fact that online he's just full, full of people like, hey, you're a fucking idiot. Here's a picture of you with Epstein. 
I loved what he posted, like, I will give a reward to anyone who can prove that my dad owned an emerald mine. And then his dad came up with the receipts and was like, uh... Yeah, there's, there's, there's like, documented interviews with his dad just saying, like, yeah, that happened, here's how it happened. Yeah, yeah. Probably, like, family friends of, like, FFF. But there, there were also, like, there were also interviews with, like, Elon Musk sort of bragging about a slightly toned-down version of the story. He's, the oh, sort right. of, he's directly the source for a lot of the shit that he then turns around and goes, oh, prove it, prove it. So if it is bollocks, it's bollocks he's made up because he thought it would make him sound cool. He's just, like, one of the rappers who who's, like, very in court and they play, like, the... <laughs> they play the fucking song where they're like, yeah, I fucking killed this guy. I did it myself. Um, uh, the other thing that they're calling him, just his critics, like, they're just all terrible people who just want to bring down, like, a great guy who's just... He's a billionaire, but, like, he's great and he's looking out for everyone else. You know, the, the one... people's billionaire. The one fucking time in history that a billionaire <coughs> actually wanted to do something other than become a trillionaire. He's like Robin Hood or something. Apparently, the, these jealous people are calling him Space Karen. <laughs> I saw that fucking trending on Twitter. That's, that's been going around nice. a while since not that long after he, after he bought Twitter. I saw it. I saw it trending on Twitter, and I made a joke like, "Uh, because it was trending right next to Jess Phillips's name." I was like, "Oh, Starmer's fucking put Jess Phillips in charge of whatever the shit British version of NASA is." <laughs> but no, apparently, I like, I don't get it. So Elon is supposed to be Space Karen. So e- supposed to be Elon. So space, because obviously fucking SpaceX and... Yeah, yeah, like Bob Dylan said, man has invented his doom, the first step was touching the moon. We know he's an evil man, yeah? Yeah, but the, I think the, the Karen idea is just that he came in banging on about absolute freedom of speech and all this, and then two hours later started acting like a petty tyrant. Yeah, well, like he wanted to talk to the manager at Twitter so much that like, he actually bought it. So <laughs> like Karen, Karen's a bit more of a specific thing, though, isn't it? Anyway, you know? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it yeah, is I that mean, sort I, of, I, I want to talk to the manager or the sort of obnoxious HR executive at your work. Yeah, it doesn't it, really work when I, I've got to you own ask, the whole like, thing. What's the point of, of calling people Karens if you're not be abusing women while doing it. I the only re- <laughs> real <laughs> the, politic going back to its roots. I love it. But yeah, they're supposed to be like when I call people Karen, it's to express my deep-seated <laughs> hatred of women. <laughs> why would I? Why would I possibly want to call another man part of the fucking brotherhood of of men like John Lennon? Another a man, John Lennon, a man said. Why would I want to fucking call Elon Musk a, a, a real man's man, a carrot? It doesn't, it fundamentally doesn't make sense. It's supposed to be a gendered term of abuse, like turf. So really, you know, it makes sense it's the same people that, you know, calling, they're calling Elon, <laughs> they're calling, <laughs> bear with me, I'm working out the logical. They're calling Elon. They're calling Elon Karen to be to, to, to be misogynist. I'm so lost in so many layers of irony. I, I can't. I, I have no idea what I'm trying to say. 
Hang on. Yeah, that'll show him or not show him, depending, <laughs> well, on, where, depending on where you were going with that. Who knows? <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to agree with him. I don't think that's... No. So, what I was saying was... Let's break this down. Let's deconstruct this. I was saying that from a perspective of this hypothetical bad person who wants to be misogynistic that I in this joke am but am not really I agree with the lyrics of Lou Reed's women that's all you need to know I love women I think they're great just just get that on record but um that person who is me but is not me thinks that it's misogynistic to call people Karens, and that's good. Okay, okay. So that's the that's the step one. Then, if we go we go to the second part of the joke, it's that this person who is bad would also think that turf is a term of misogynistic abuse. But that that's bad. Okay, I think that's the point that I was trying to make. I had to work backwards. So the it's best about jokes need flowcharts. They they need yeah. Okay, so it's about the it. I was shining a light on the hypocrisy of a certain type of person who is sympathetic to to Elon Musk. I just wanted to use that as an opportunity. A long ramp, long, long way into. I wanted to plug me and Geraint's accounts on this new social media site, Blue Sky. Yes, yeah, it's just looking all right so far. We've basically bullied Ian Dunn off the platform already. So Have you heard my one about it being owned by Rupert Murdoch because it sounds a bit like uh, B, because it, it says B Sky and it sounds like B Sky B, which was, you know, his company. Have you heard that one? Yes. Yeah, because I did post it on both <laughs> Blue post. Sky and Twitter. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so I'm on there at jackframeread.bsky.social and Garan, you're just warriotifo at .bsky.social, aren't you? Yes, yeah, yeah. Usually try and keep on a new platform, keep the same name and everything, but you're an exception because you've been banned from posting under your own name for so long <laughs> yeah the, the odd little pocket of being able to do it under the radar but even then not properly yeah then only only really under my first name yeah. i couldn't really use my surname at all yeah. but yeah i've straight up got host of the real politic podcast and as well as public intellectual and thought leader <laughs> in my bio <laughs> fantastic so uh yeah the blue sky because what was what was like? Oh yeah. So like, this is something I thought interesting. Like, I just thought you, you know it would be an interesting thing to get a bit like navel gazy. Like we already did a kind of soft roast of Yair earlier, but like let's talk about you know now the sort of differences in approach between me and Grind. Like I think this would be an interesting way to look at at b at b sky dot social. <laughs> so. D- so, 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 like, yeah, to use B Sky dot B Sky B B Sky B, B Rupert Murdoch's B Sky B. <laughs> you were saying, Geraint? <laughs> no, no, I, I will leave you to your, your your tangent about our different approaches. It's not a tangent. It's a whole bit. It's a, this is a section of the show. 
probably go on for 25 minutes. No, I don't. I really I'll go don't right. I'll, I'll go and uh, put the wash in. Go. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, well, I, I, I kind of admire that. You can you know that you're being talked about and you can just leave the room and you don't, you, you, you're not at all inclined to listen. No, it, so so like Ian Dunt, who who we all we all know, like you know Ian yeah. Dunt is a massive cunt. He's bald. He bald ignorant. A bunch of shite podcasts. You know Matt Ford has four podcasts. Are you sure it's not more than that? Have you included the one with Paul McGregor about football? Yeah, I think so. That there, there's four in his bio on Twitter anyway. But, but moving away, yeah. So Ian Dunt, like he went on Blue Sky, uh, and everyone was like, "Ha ha ha! You, you bald centrist cunt! Fuck off!" And then this guy, you know that guy, Ariel Clock, um, Aria Kovler, is it? Yeah, Aria Kovler, the guy whose like whole thing is like he's like he's a Zionist and he wears stupid hats. Yeah, like honestly, he's had this avatar for a million years of him in a stupid hat. But like his top Twitter display picture uh, in a rectangular one is just like a couple of those hats sitting. There. Two hats. It's like properly his brand. Yeah, yeah. So, someone like asked him about the hats. He was like, "I don't wear the hats to fucking. I, I don't wear the hat for hats for to look good." Uh, I wear the hats not to die of sun exposure. You know, there's other like hats Luke you can Aker wear style like skin condition. Yeah, <laughs> no, apparently he doesn't. Apparently, if he do- he has a mild change of headwear, he will fucking die. Instant death. <laughs> there is no other hat that this guy can wear than his like mid 20th century fucking explorer, like fucking like lame Indiana Jones bullshit that he wears. I don't know what, why is he getting so much sun anyway? Is he is he just, you know it's like when when he's going on another like fucking bulldozer tour through the occupied territories is like <laughs> oh yeah yeah I better wear my hat don't want to get oh I've got a bit of sunstroke I'm probably the person who is suffering the most in this fucking illegal settlement. He's deliberately cultivating the look of like a guy. A cunt. A... That's where I was getting to in this long, more long-winded way, yeah. But like a, a, a guy in any old drama where they're like going on safari, and he's like just the rich guy who's always on safari. <laughs> We're the Super Adventure Club. Next week, we will be heading to the outer banks of the Amazon, where we will make camp and have sex with children of the Ugani tribe. Then it's off to the mighty Himalayas, where we will climb K2 and molest several Tibetan children on the east summit. Yeah, like, 100%, it's a proper, like, expat vibe. Like, fucking, like, retired gangster in Ibiza. But, yeah, like, so, he was, like, so... Ian Dunt, a great man, a journalist, a fucking like defender of free speech and the expert on Tony Blair's penis. Yeah, <laughs> a guy who he's an expert on fucking everything. He's never heard a topic that he won't bullshit his way into appearing to a certain type of thick yeah. or cunt, like the most knowledgeable person in the, the world about. It's just been said a lot of times that British journalism is about having like a four out of ten knowledge about loads of stuff and passing yeah. it off like an eight or nine out of ten knowledge of the same thing. Yeah, he's, he's like he, six when it comes yeah. to Blair's Park. He he's like that, but it's like a two out of ten, and he thinks it's a four out of ten and passes it off as an eight out of ten. That's pretty like, standard for British journalists, actually. But they're no, the I, one subject yeah. that they do know quite a lot about is Tony Blair's cock. Yeah. <laughs> 
the girth, what it tastes like. That's not yeah, fair. Like... Some of them are like old school soft leftists and they're just obsessed with like Dennis Healy's cock instead. Rental just wants to drink Blair's blood. He's not interested in his cock. He's like, then I will achieve true immortality. Mm. This the one being more demonic than I, <laughs> Nosferatu. <laughs> so yeah, this guy, what's his name, Grind? Aria Kovler. Yes, yeah, the cunt in the stupid hat. Yeah. He was like fucking. Oh yeah, Ian Dunn just tries to make friends on a new social media site and is told to fuck off. Fuck you, suck my dick. It was a classic of just for having an opinion. Job, yeah, and, it, really? and he was like constantly simply... misrepresenting what had happened in the conversation that happened five minutes ago that he was referring to. Yeah, and he was like <laughs> simply for being a centrist. And a lot of comrades, a lot of no, left of center. He called him left of center. In this tweet, I think he said for being a quote unquote centrist. He might have said both. He definitely he said, started with left of center. Because... That, that he, he did multiple tweets about this, okay? But he yeah. <laughs> definitely said, quote, just for being a quote-unquote centrist. And a lot of people were replying, like, it wasn't for being a centrist. I, I wasn't bullying him for being a centrist. I was bullying him because of all transphobia and stuff. I mean, an SNP activist linked in Dunst's replies the receipts for when he was being an arsehole and kicking off because they chucked Helen Lewis off a computer game for being transphobic. Ah, right. And that's when a lot of the people who aren't diehard left-wing shitposters who already hate Ian Dunn with a passion jumped in and were like, fuck you, we don't want you on this platform. I so see. That, that was probably the number one factor in it. The, the, uh, that's interesting, it yeah, because I, I had no idea not, yeah, about that's... any of that, and I was bullying him for being a centrist. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was bullying him for both reasons. Yeah, like, that's fair enough. And his, I did. Uh, I of... kind of assumed that, yeah, he probably does have shit politics. His quiet transphobia is a function of in In his particular case, it's a function of him being a shithead centrist idiot. Normally, Very true. Transphobia takes over. It hasn't really done that with him, but it's there, and it's there mostly because some of his friends would frown at him if he stood up against it. Very true. I mean, Ian Dunn—he is just—he's a right fucking cunt. Yeah. And if he did actually get bullied off the site and just like never post again, that's really funny. Yes. It's really, really good. Do you see that Yank was posting like? Oh yeah, all the British people are posting on this site. They should be bullied because they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I'm eating me pork pies, mate, in me fucking beefy hat." The problem with Americans trying to do bits about the British is when they say British, they mean American. Te- Amer- Ted Lasso. They, they mean characters. they mean American actors playing British characters in TV programs from 10 to 20 years ago, badly. Yeah. yeah. Me and Yair wrote this sketch once where, like, the whole idea was it was British characters but portrayed, like, how Americans picture them. So it was, like, this sketch about British film producers and they, like, worked out the place called, like, Grotty Mabel's Pie Shop. And they were, like, <laughs> always talking about the Queen and, like, drinking a tea and a pint simultaneously. And they're, like... Oh, Danny, old bush. Let's hire Danny Dyer for a new picture. Um, you know, it's more of a conceptual piece. <laughs> you sort of had to be there, but um, 
I was, again, thinking of some, like, shitty Saturday Night Live sketch where they had Daniel Craig there and it was, like, <laughs> set in a British pub. It's like, oh, these people, they go, they go to fucking public houses and drink alcohol. <laughs> that's something that's something inconceivable in america so yeah that got me thinking like that whole thing just like how Geraint was there with the receipts for stuff about how he's transphobic about the dynamic we have on the podcast a lot of the time which is like certain episodes we switch it up like you know i'm very serious about like my rock and roll music very scholarly but like a lot of the time you know we have the sort of dynamic where it's like Geraint is like a sort of moral bookkeeper of the left. Again, it's not an anti-Semitic thing. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> you're not a bookkeeper, Ivy, I hear. No, but Geraint is, sorry, that's what that's what yeah. I'm saying. But, but, but you're not. But Geraint, you've always got, you know, you've got the inventory of all the, like, the bad shit that anybody has ever done or said and, you know i'm not consulting the book of grudges yeah yeah that's right i'm not an anarchist no <laughs> uh no no true socialist revolution has ever succeeded without um you know police and uh <laughs> some means of, re- of of violently or otherwise repressing one's political opponent in your way it's more it's like another aspect of the intelligence services it's really kind of the intel 99 times out of 100 i literally just want them to be like yeah i was wrong to do that whoops yeah and there's still a comic aspect to it but it's driven by yeah a a real uh, the reason i go so over the top of it is because people go so out of their way to avoid ever addressing it or to reframe it as being in the right yeah yeah because in our fucking culture if you've got the right politics you can Mm. fucking just get away with anything people just won't mention it just everyone will go along with a charade yeah. But you know, say, oh, Mike Gapes, you've got a stupid name. No, you can't be an MP. <laughs> so in contrast to that, my sort of burning rage against social injustice has been sort of largely, like, transferred onto the individual of Keir Starmer. <laughs> I mean, so if I... you're going to do that with an individual, he's the right one, let's face it. Yeah. So I do feel political passion, but in so to speak, he's the only real issue that kind of get, gets my political dick hard. Your own personal weekend away in Darlington. <laughs> yeah, so that leaves me in the role of a sort of an almost amoral chaos agent. Yeah, sort of on the margins, sort of with F and FFF and, and people, people like that, whatever that means. People like FFF. We, we all know what that means. Yeah, I think there's a wing of the prisons for them. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought that was, you know, that's just all said with affection and everything. It just got got me thinking a little bit about, you know, like the approach I'm trying to take. I, I should point out here, in a way being quite complimentary, they're saying, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're trying to hold, in this case, Aria Kovler to account for his arguments and all this. But I was attaching photos of the I think you should leave sketch where the guy in the courtroom, the court documents were all ripping the piss out of his stupid hat. <laughs> well, I did say there was a comic dimension to it as well. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's like a valuable like, It's just a more varied way of just appending, look at his head to every fucking tweet I send. 
Yeah, and that's how I think, you know, we can be a very controversial show because we can go, not controversial, sorry, a very comprehensive show. I'm sure we can be a very controversial show. It's like I'll do my Welsh impression again or something. But There's no but controversy we... here. Advertisers, please, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can be... There's plenty of advertisers I'm sure want to get in on the real politic fucking airspace. Fucking... You don't know how many we've had to turn down over the years. <laughs> like the big ones, the BP, fucking <laughs> Disney... Yeah. Okay, I, I admit Disney bought us, and that's why we're pro-trans rights. It's a corporate conspiracy. Disney heard us dunking on Ron DeSantis, and they were like, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. This is the content of the future. <laughs> yeah, Disney's strongly pro-Donald uh, Trump, but we're, we're going to try and talk them around supporting the rice campaign. This just in. Uh, 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 luminaries from across the American political system are coming out to endorse Rice 2020. Alex Jones... Rice 2020? Shit, we've got to refile the fucking paperwork. This is the one thing I don't want to happen. Fucking Alex Jones is on the line. Hello, Alex. How are you doing? Oh, Alex, how are you sympathetic to the campaign of Mr. Rice? Yaya Rice, is this what you've come to say? Yes! <laughs> Thank you, Alex Jones. <laughs> Good night. Uh, who else have I got? Who have I got next? Um, this it's uh, Dinesh D'Souza, the director of Great Note. What do you have to say, Dinesh D'Souza? Oh, hello, I'm Dinesh D'Souza. Did you know that Obama's a communist? Um, no, I didn't know that. Can you tell us more? Why? What I'm curious to know is the Yair Rice's stance on whether Obama is a communist. Yeah, yeah. Can you feel this one? Well, uh, Obama is obviously a communist, and that is awful. And I am not a communist. So there we go. Dinesh, does that put your mind at ease? It has, but of course we 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 all know that communists are Muslims and. I heard, Mr. Rice, but you're a Muslim. Is that true? I am actually Jewish, which is the opposite of Muslim. It's, it's science, you know. Oh, well, um, does that mean you like Israel? Yes. Thank you. You have my endorsement. I'm Dinesh D'Souza. Yeah. I'm a shitty filmmaker. My films suck. Thanks, Dinesh D'Souza. <laughs> the heavyweight endorsements keep coming in. I'm just waiting to hear from my idol, Trump. I'm working on getting Matt Letizia on board. Um... <laughs> yeah, Grant, are there any wrestlers or anyone who you want to uh, get, get involved in the Rice 2024? As it's now called, <laughs> after, after I refiled the paperwork. No, sadly, no professional wrestlers believe in any sort of conspirational politics whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, I, I reckon we'll get Chris Jericho on board uh, quite easily, in fact. Oh, yeah, can we book Yaya on the Great Talk is Jericho podcast? I, I want to go one better. If he, if, he, if he ever brings it back post-COVID, we're going to get him on the Jericho cruise. You know, like they have a Beach Boys cruise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and various music and entertainment <laughs> type 
targeted cruises. Imagine um, how shitty that would be, the they, Beach Boys cruise. Like, they did a, do I, transcendental meditation with Mike Love. But they did a Jericho cruise. I think they might have done it two years running, where they just get Jericho and a load of reasonably big-name independent wrestlers and have a cruise where they have a wrestling ring set up somewhere on the ship. And they have like wrestling shows and then like loads of interviews and, and podcast filming and stuff people can go to. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah I, that sounds better than the Beach Boys one, honestly. I, 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 <laughs> think, I think they should merge the two. They should. Uh, they, <laughs> they should. One combine the two fan bases would would be inherently funny anyway. But then <laughs> they could finally have Mike Love versus Brian Wilson as the main event in a steel cage. It was like the culmination of the cruise. Dude, are you following that fucking great moment? I am like, now. Insane am now. moments in Beach Boys history. You retweeted account. something off it earlier, and I'm immediately like, right, let's see what everything they've ever tweeted. I retweet it like great. every day, dude. So it good. rules. They were talking about the Mike Love, Bruce Johnston, and David Marks of the Beach Boys salute NASCAR album yes. that was give, given away <laughs> at gas stations in the so late good. 1990s if you, uh, if like, you bought nine gallons, gallons of yeah. gas. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, I just found out, like, from reading the replies to that, it's like, even that was, like, a fraud. Like, apparently, Bruce Johnston and David Marks don't even appear on it. It's purely... A Mike Love solo joint. <laughs> Trying to get the people on board by stealth, by just like, yeah, the good motorists of America must hear my vision. And so, someone posted, so they've been releasing like these, uh, sorry, this is kind of like a niche, I'm going to have to explain like classic rock to get, get up to this, but like they've been gradually releasing these big Beach Boys box sets that like cover... Uh, yeah. all the shit that they recorded in a certain year and they posted one of these called the beach boys 1998 carl is fucking dying for salute nascar <laughs> sessions <laughs> <laughs> i fucking love this account though man i hope they get to the bit yeah. where like mike love says that he saw charles manson murder a black guy <laughs> that's mad you'll see like insane like relatives of the Beach Boys going on Facebook groups to talk shit about Dennis Wilson and then you'll scroll down like two tweets and it's Al Jardine appearing in Decca as like a mad climate change fanatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Like fucking uh, just looking at David Marks's mugshot from a domestic uh, getting arrested after a domestic dispute. Uh, but so remember we talked ages ago about how like Brian Wilson has talked in interviews about like that big interview in Uncut. He like talked about how he draws strength from no fab, basically, from just, like, not masturbating. And thus... <laughs> was that, that, that might have been, like, the first episode I appeared on, because I just yeah, think I remember that one first or second episode I was ever on. We ended yeah, up I just bet, going I... on some tangent about Mike Love having fake mannequin arms so he could just masturbate in public <laughs> and still shake people's hands. <laughs> I see you right in the fucking classic rock deep end, but it's like, yeah, you, you hypothesize. I mean, no, I, 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 I was, I was you, already you vaguely, there's bits of classic rock lore I'm interested in, and Mike Love being a dick is one of the most compelling narratives in pop culture yeah, yeah. history. 
like if you search Mike Love asshole like on Google, like once you get past the porn, there's so much stuff on there about him being an asshole. But like, yeah, Mike you are, like you hypothesize that like because Brian Wilson draws his strength and benevolence from not masturbating, but Mike Love is meanwhile such a cunt because he just wanks all the time. Uh, but but there's actually it turns out like a ton of like Brian Wilson no fap law. Like so in in 1977. Yep. Go on. Go on. <laughs> 1977, he claimed that he, he is purposely depriving himself of orgasm as a form of yoga <laughs> and also implies that he wrote and produced pet sounds during such a period of sexual depri- deprivation. But then the, 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 the mystery gets deeper because there's an interview with Brian Wilson's wife where they're like, actually, there is one thing I'd like to ask you about your love life. Brian mentioned he was experimenting with celibacy, and I figured you would know if that's true. And Brian Wilson's wife is like, celibacy? What's that? <laughs> fucking idiot. Doesn't it fucking... What a fucking idiot. Doesn't fucking... Get a fucking dictionary, right? Fucking... Anyway, they say no sex. And and Marilyn's like, no She's sex. immediately um, like, no, that's not true. No. That's not true at all. I mean, I wouldn't say he was into it, you know, like a master, she giggles, but that is definitely not true. So, like, no, but maybe, he like, he fucks sometimes, but when he's, like, doing an album or something, he's, like, got to get him a zone, like, no fap uh, session begins. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how people come off their medication, like, when creative people who, who do certain stuff, like, uh, <laughs> in fact, I've occasionally done this with my antidepressants, like, you want a manic creative episode, like I was on with sleep deprivation last night when I was coming up with all the yaya for president bullshit. An incredible amount of my best tweets are sent when I'm 8 out of 10 sleep deprived. I'm like awake just enough that my brain still works. Yeah. And I'll properly like go on a rich vein of form and then I'll just crash out at some stupid hour. That's where the magic happens really. Yeah. In the, twi- the twilight hour. What what happens at the same time though is I sort of lose, lose a bit of my perspective on like what's an okay tweet to send and what isn't. So yeah, generally, why generally I'm good at staying on the right side of the line, but some of the tweets I'll send there, it's like, this is either the best tweet I'll ever send, or it's the one that I'll wake up to 50 people mad at me. Well, I was kind of saying this earlier, like, I very much live by, like, the dick, the dictum, by the, by the dick, I live by the dick, die by the dick. No, by by like the line from from fucking Spinal Tap, where they're like, "There's a thin line between clever and stupid." I think that's like the intersection where I really thrive because I like things that are clever and knowledgeable and so on. But I, that's such a stupid sentence for me. I like things that are clever all and right, knowledgeable. All right, Martin Robbins. Oh, that guy, yeah, I know I know how to do woodwork, and I know who Tim <laughs> Farron is. In fact, I know a lot more about Tim uh, Farron than the majority of people. I would say, compared with Martin Robbins, even, you're an expert on Tim Farron. Yeah, yeah, that makes up for any deficiencies in my woodwork acumen. But, <laughs> but I also like things that are stupid, is what I'm getting at. Um, that's sort of what I'm saying. That's, I think, where real politics is. It's like, we some we talk about the real issues... You know, sometimes we'll do a set piece interview where I pretend 
not to be thinking the whole time like huh, imagine if mike gapes said fucking that he likes milk or something like <laughs> imagine if there was a gay version of james hetfield from metallica called james humfield <laughs> who is still really macho he's like a bear he still does, does small town girls <laughs> small town boy. it's a small town boy <laughs> I was thinking, remember how good Mike Gates looked with that beard? This lockdown beard was great. He should have stuck with it. It was a good look for him. It genuinely looked really good. I thought mm. he just like all, you know, he looked kind of less like a terrifying demon, even when he was posing with the owl in Ilford Bohemian Grove. <laughs> An iconic photo shoot. <laughs> Fucking like, <laughs> so I said so much stupid shit today. Um, do you see that there's this new um, movie out called Barbie? <laughs> the Barbie movie? No, I haven't seen any publicity for that whatsoever. I must have missed it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not at all like fucking. I think it's for new Tarantino joint or something. It's good that guys are getting to make movies again. <laughs> Not enough white men in cinema. And they've got a soundtrack where they have, you know, like, <laughs> like lots of sexually explicit female rappers. <laughs> and, like, there's a fucking song by uh, Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj. And there's, like, it's really funny, but how I'll look it up, but it's like, Nicki Minaj is like. Yeah, yeah, get that Bob Dylan in my pussy. Something. Anyone hear about this? No. No? No. (laughs) In Nicki Minaj's first verse, she says, Yelling out, we ain't selling out. We got money, but we ain't lending out. We got bars, but we ain't bailing out. In that pink Ferrari, we peeling out. I told Tay, bring the Bob Dylan out. That pussy so cold, we just chilling out. <laughs> I don't have a clue what the fuck she's talking about, but I like I like that she's mentioning Bob Dylan. Nikki plays on the famous singer-songwriter Bob Dylan's name when referring to a Bob hairstyle wig. The hairstyle was a signature component to Nikki's aesthetic early in her career. Okay. Because <laughs> when, when you search Nikki Minaj Bob Dylan, it comes up with just a load of stuff about like she had this feud with Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Because she took over from him as a judge on America's Got Talent. And he went off on this rant that was, like, caught on... It was, like, recorded somehow, I guess, like, TMZ got it or something. He was like, what the fuck does Nicki Minaj know about music? She wouldn't know fucking music if it slapped her in the face. Fucking, if Bob Dylan came and auditioned on America's Got Talent for Nicki Minaj, uh, she wouldn't know what to do with him. Whereas I would get the best out of Bob Dylan. I repeat, if Bob Dylan was a contestant <laughs> on America's Got Talent... There's the, yeah, 
in that already ridiculous scenario, he'd, he'd learn a lot from from Steven Ty- Steven Tyler, the pedo guy from Aerosmith. Steven Tyler would finally bring the best out in Bob Dylan. Just someone been, which, which yeah. has been waiting all these years for someone to unlock the talent in this up and coming young artist. But I guess Nicki Minaj would just be like, "Oh, you sing weird, get off my show." But Steven Tyler would be like, "You got something hey. there, kid. Keep at it." Hey, I wrote the hit song Pink, and and that's better than anything you've done. But you can get. Yeah, I bet he end. didn't as well. I bet it was just written by Desmond Child or Diane Warren. <laughs> so Nicki Minaj hit back at this is like 2012. Nicki Minaj hit back at Steven Tyler and was like, "That's fucking racist. You fucking." to say you think just because like i'm black and i'm a rapper that i wouldn't like bob dylan fuck you so maybe like 11 years on from this beef she's like oh i know i'll just like just in case steven tyler's out there like she's just seen that he's been having a hard time with all the sex crime court cases and she's like oh, i'm gonna kick him when he's down i'll just remind steven tyler of, of, of the fact that i actually do like bob dylan fucking prick <laughs> i feel like this can only end with her somehow bringing in a, a honking on bobo reference in a future single <laughs> great the greatest album of all time that's the real blues you know <laughs> like it was sort of a dormant genre it was sort of a genre no one had really done it well until honking on bobo in 2004 yeah. Aerosmith yeah. finally helped the genre grow up the real originators <laughs> no, in reality, in reality, it's like they're a rip off of the Stones, who are a rip off of Blues. It's like third hand with them. <laughs> like, yeah. fucking. Uh, that's the Nicki Minaj story. It's like, yeah, I just wanted to highlight, like, yeah, get that fucking Bob Dylan in my pussy or whatever. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Rubbing that Dylan on them titties, like fuck. <laughs> They're making a magic eight film. ball film. They're making a magic eight ball film, not like as in crack. Because <laughs> that's what I call magic. No, the actual, smoking crack. The actual fucking tour. Oh no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is is crack is an eight ball crack and heroin? No, that's speedball. I, I think isn't it? I think you can yeah. get an eight ball of either. Right, an eight ball is a measurement. I think it means like an eighth, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Sorry. Yeah, but again, this will come handy in the presidential campaign because, like, in the sort of <laughs> the, the age of like Hunter Biden, it's like the next right. step is for the actual presidential candidates do these kind of things. Because like Trump's exactly. a total so, pussy. Twenty twenty seven Monopoly, fucking written by the I'm guy who directed it's taken that long, War. given how many different Monopoly editions they've done. Just every script that people write is really anti-Semitic. They just have to continually. Them <laughs> <down>. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, that'll be what finally amazing. sets people into putting bricks through landlords' windows. Maybe that'll that'll be the. the final yeah, it'll be another one of these anti-capitalist Hollywood films. <laughs> you know, the Hollywood—they're all communists in Hollywood. They don't like making money. They just support the the only communist cause: uh, trans rights. As far as that, as far as that, you know, I watch my my GB News and my Nazi YouTube channels, and as far as yep. I can tell, the communist ideology is that we like uh, trans people. That's what all and, the former that South Africa 
uh, all the former Southampton FC strikers are saying today on social media. Um, I'm just getting word that the Rice campaign has now been endorsed by uh, Louis Farrakhan. Oh, excellent. Due to the UK government's new anti-BDS laws, his voice is not allowed to be broadcast and what he said must be performed by a white British actor. (laughs) It's definitely not that I'm reluctant to do an impression of an African-American man. We've finally done it. We've found the impression he's not quite willing to commit to. (laughs) It's taken too many years, but we got there in the end, guys. We, this just in, they have amended. Oh, no, no. The, 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 the British, the, the Labour Party have, have successfully passed an amendment to water down the government's new anti-BDS legislation by by changing the, the most important part of the new law so that actually it has to be a Welsh newsreader reading this... the Farrakhan <laughs> quote. This just in, I've got a really important appointment I've got to dash to at 10.45 on a Tuesday. <laughs> Night, guys. <laughs> it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, let's hand over to the Honourable Minister Lou Farrakhan now. Oh, hello! I'm... <laughs> oh my God. Praise be to the most high! I'm just... I'm just uh, wanted to... I just wanted to pay tribute to my good friend, Yair Rice, who is a, a friend of... Uh, <laughs> who is the best friend of uh, that the nation of Islam ever had. I am... <laughs> I did not kill Malcolm X, <laughs> and nor did Yair Rice, and that is why I am endorsing him for President of the United States. Thank you, Minister. I think that will be all, uh, unfortunately, due to time restrictions. Uh... <laughs> That's the most of- that's the most offensive Welsh impression since Paul Mason a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like at least last time I didn't actually do the Indian Neil Kinnock voice. It, we just, it just sounded, <laughs> my, my Welsh voice was just so bad that it almost sounded like Neil Kinnock was Indian. I mean, you, you joke, but like my dad's the same when he tries a Welsh accent, and he is Welsh and lived in, <laughs> lived in Wales until he was about twenty-one or something. <laughs> it's just like me and Yaya's meta sketch, sending up how uh, British people have portrayed an American comedy. Yeah, it's just like that. Exactly like that. Do you see Corbyn's now the most popular politician in the UK? Most popular Labour politician in the UK. No, the most popular politician at all. I saw, I saw okay. the, the full figures. They, it was everyone. There were Tory cunts on there as well. What I found very funny is that he was miles ahead of Blair. Oh yeah, he, no, he seriously was. But do you see, like, on the actual list of most popular politicians, fucking Ed Balls is like still in the top five, and it's like that's fucking mental. Well, like, he would not been, only he would have been lower at the peak of his political. Yeah, not only did no one like him he when is... he was actually serving politician, but it's been like a fucking decade now since he was on Strictly Cunt, well, for like five but, years. But that's why, it's, that's why it's crept up, because he is just now the sort of boring but polite like entertainment guy, you know, he's been that long enough. Like, if you polled people's opinions on Michael Portillo now, 
it wouldn't be particularly pretty, but it would be a damn sight better than when Michael Portillo was like an active frontman right. politician. Because so now he's just now he's just the railway cunt. What has Balls been on since Strictly? Like, does he well, do he just, all the new he, shows and shit? He just pops up on all the fucking paper reviews and. Oh, like, he was there uh, on election night, wasn't he? Like having a go at John Landsman. I mean, he probably was, yeah, but there was... Am um, I thinking of his podcast? It was, it was Alan Johnson did that the most. It was Alan Johnson sitting with George Osborne, who yeah. is now doing a yeah. podcast with yeah. Ed Balls. Ed, Ed Balls, it. people now just sort of treat... Like, the Fuck thing is, like, that. if you look at, like, the political awareness figures on there, like, do you know who this guy is? Corbyn was quite high, Stan was, was quite high, but there's people really well-known on it, or have been really well-known for ages, as like 75%, so a quarter of people haven't even heard of them. People aren't generally keeping up closely to date on exactly what these people were responsible for and exactly what these people are doing now, so loads of people won't fucking know really who Red Bulls is now, or they'll just vaguely remember mm. him as like, oh, he was a Labour guy from like 10, 15 years ago, how he's on TV a lot and his peak influence was just as Labour were losing power mm. so he's probably not someone people associate like Blair or Jack Straw or Mandelson or, or Gordon Brown with everything they really hate about Labour at the time he would have been at the time he was hated disproportionately so out on the Labour front bench because he wasn't very charismatic they wouldn't really big him up much because they thought he might want to be future leader and the right-wing press would go for him as, like, pretend he was a communist sort of thing. Sort of a, the treatment they used to give Tom Watson. So but, I mean, the fact that he goes on TV and he's boring now, that's probably your average British person's going to be like, oh, he's not quite as much of a cunt as I thought he was. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, I think there is something highly suspect about these figures. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm sure Jeremy Corbyn I mean, soaring up to number one, 11 points ahead of the last poll. I'm sure that that bit is entirely accurate, yes. although somewhat strange. But, I mean, just some stuff on here, like, David Blunkett is apparently the seventh most popular politician or political figure in the UK. I mean, the, I mean, the, the context that, here is that none does of the... that many people enjoy his fucking Daily Mail column about the white I mean, trans BLM? Corbyn was top of the entire list with an approval rating of 30%. So... No, there's just, these are not figures showing that David Blunkett is popular. But 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 but, but he's more popular than anyone who's actually been like on the front line. In, but again, like, fuck. he's mostly disappeared for like fifteen years now. Yeah, he pops up occasionally and says something appallingly right wing. Why was... fucking Blunkett though? But Why no one Blunkett? pays attention to that because he's not an active politician. So him talking some bullshit doesn't make the news it just appears occasionally on the paper reviews that no one really watches anyway that isn't well did people the only, like the only people who watch like? the paper reviews and pay attention to them and value them are the sort of people who could plausibly appear on the paper reviews the next day yeah otherwise they're just something that's on in the background or something that tells you it's time to change a channel without them actively telling you to change a channel did you clock on the fucking comedy episode with Juliet? I got a clip of Aisha Hazarika introducing James O'Brien on stage after yes. when you met. You mentioned Wayne Carr. Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was a good suggestion by FFF in the chat originally. I'm glad you used it. Yeah, it's why it's good to have a writer's room like the RP brain trust. <laughs> so always coming up with fire material. Calling that, that fucking group chat a writer's ten... room is the best joke in this episode. I hired ten people to write the opening ten minutes <laughs> of largely anti-Semitic jokes in this episode. Just like John Cleese with the ten minutes of material about his bitch ex-wife at the start of his alimony tour show. <laughs> 
and then the rest of it was just written by him and like one other guy no it's just, i just thought that james o'brien introduced by aisha hazarika just the perfect hellish, fucking confluence of idiocy you yeah. know it's just like just the thickest pi- i don't even know like i don't think she's a deep thinker but i don't even know if aisha hazarika <laughs> no, is like she's not. that fucking thick i think she's more just like it's um, just, you know it's, it's a career thing she's like she's right, drunk the kool-aid i've not basically. really succeeded as a spad i've certainly not succeeded as a comedian so I'm going to be a, a media political commentator. And put on a... The, yeah, the, the, the most like, useful a... skill, if you're doing that, is to pretend to be really ignorant when it benefits you. Put on a you. big, brave smile and say how brilliant James O'Brien is. It's like, I don't even brilliant know what neoliberalism is. Yeah, no, I that, mean, she's pretty thing, thick. You know? But I think... But, you know, these people, they choose to stay exactly as thick as they are. That's the thing. They could probably some of them like learn something, and they they never do, they never learn and grow, like a fucking episode of Seinfeld with them, but not fucking funny. Especially yeah, they, they better Aisha not make a film out of anything. Aisha Zarika's ever said. The fucking the fucking shit. No, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd watch a film about the Ed Stone as a giant disaster that was coming about, and mm. how everyone involved with it was cursed for the rest of their lives. Because like one up a bit, but I think it's the kind of thing I've got to do FFF here rather than you guys. Well, with you guys, but so FFF here, so someone laughs. <laughs> We'd just be here to react in horror to it then. Yeah, to be like a captive audience. It's because like because when I make a bad joke and it's like you guys are like, we we'll just go silent. It's like that reassures people that they can still give us money and it's like morally okay. That's the plan. I'm actually, because you're... I'm actually just muting my mic and laughing out uproariously. Yeah, because you're holding me to it. That's the, the more horrendous the joke, with, the more with I'm all laughing. the jokes I make that don't land, even the ones that aren't offensive but are just bad. You're just muting your mic. Yeah. yeah we don't want to give just keep you on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. Being, we don't. We don't want to come across as like too, like you know, sniffing our own farts, like yeah. satisfied with ourselves. We don't come. We don't want to come off like we're actually friends. <laughs> One last news story. Let's go back to the most popular politician in the entire UK. Jeremy Corbyn has got a new volume of poetry out with Len McCluskey, whose book me and Sinan reviewed on this very show a while back. It's cool, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah, they're, they're writing a book. They wrote it all themselves. Yeah, it's all the poetry. poetry. The, the ones that are like, uh, I'm a black woman and I demand the vote in America. But that was written by Len McCluskey. Mm. <laughs> Fucking... But no, people actually have made out, like, they're like, mm. oh, well, Russell Brand contributed my poemy woem, presumably. And, and Jeremy Corbyn, he was going through his favourite poems ever, and one of them was, like, the Russell Brand poem, and one of them was Pablo Neruda. These are on an equal footing yes. for the illiterate Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> but, you, but yeah. you can tell that people that were like mocking him, basically assuming the poetry he tweeted was his, you know, it was actually Blake, and 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 mocking it and being like, oh, it's terrible, badly written. Shelley. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just a, just a break. You 
Yeah. yeah, I know my romantic poets. So, no, I don't know. You're right, it was Shelley. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. I do know Shelley uh, in the kind of case that he's that one fucking poet who wrote that one fucking poem that Corbyn quoted all the time when he was leader. Yeah, so obviously the people jumping in on that and being like, oh, this is terribly written, as if Corbyn had yeah. well, magic granddad, stick to your allotment jam, you can. Yeah, what, what's their like, idea of good poetry? Like fucking cast lyrics. It's incredible that they'd fucked up so badly in doing so that The Guardian actually reported on it. Like, look at these decades. Like, oh, yeah, in well, relation Shelley's to all right, people beefing with no, Corbyn. Shelley's alright. He's no fucking Ian Power. Yeah, <laughs> I think I mix up John Power and Ian Brown there. But... The same guy. John Harris, three stars in Q Magazine for a Shelley anthology. He's like, this is old hat. Has he read Jamiroquai's lyrics, sleeve? The only Shelley I respect. Is in Buzzcocks. <laughs> that, that would actually be quite a good joke, so it's obviously not something John Harris could come up with. Yeah. Yes. Good joke. Good joke, Brian. Mm. Sure. Good joke. Feel good. Feel Again, good about your joke. You know it was good because you both muted your mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I gently chuckled. Gently chuckled, yeah. I gently chuckled. Like, no, it was in Breaking Dish. It was like, ha I like the Buzzcocks. They're a good band. I, I got that joke that you just made. Ha ha. The thanks, Mike, of classic rock reaction. <laughs> thanks, Mike. <laughs> See, that was genuine laughter. <laughs> the more it sounds like fucking Keith Richards is like drug addled <laughs> fucking guffaw, the more genuine it is for me. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. I mean, thanks. Like and thanks to everyone who's listened to this again. Like yes, I I am sorry, I'm sorry, Yair, for all this. I if <laughs> and Garant didn't accept my apology because he felt equally complicit. But I feel like Yair, you were frequently an innocent bystander in all this. Much I forgive like, you. Much like the many innocent yeah. bystanders who you will be murdering in drone strikes as president of the United <laughs> States. It's all part of the job description. It's America, baby. Happy 4th of July, everyone. <laughs> Independence Day. Woo! Independence Day. Ooh, yeah, the aliens are coming. Okay, I can stop my own good now. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, uh... I'm sorry for all I've done. <laughs> okay. Exterior. Grotty Mabel's pie shop. Interior, back of the shop. A sign is crudely hung up reading Great British Films LLC. Inside the smoke-filled back room, a couple of intimidating East End gangsters are smoking cigarettes and drinking both a cup of tea and a pint. <laughs> Their desks face one another. A framed portrait of Elizabeth II hangs on the wall. Oi, Oi cunt! Oh, wait, which one of us? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter, I don't mind. Who gives a fuck? Yo. Oh, wait, cousin. You fucking what? I just had me a gander at this year's box office returns, and something's sodding it up right bad. Alright, alright, don't get your bollocks in a twist. What's the problem? We're getting absolutely cunted by the French in the sexy thrillers. Producer 2 springs up and waves a knife about. You fucking what? They're making me look alright, cunt! Alright, alright, don't get your knackers in a knot, we'll get on it. He picks up the phone and dials for number, smacking his fingers against the keys with a vengeance. Get me Donnie Dyer! Producer 2 flexes his blade as number 1 listens to the response. You what? 
Danny Dyer's career is actually doing well because of EastEnders and he won't just take whatever sleazy, low-budget British piece of shit film is offered to him. But I thought that was his thing. What about Ray? Nah, he's doing the grind on Corey. Alright, alright, someone even harder. Kathy Burke? Nah, next time she sees me, I'm fucking toast. Fuck me, this is proper getting me testes in a tether. Fade to black. Later on. Fuck off, you cunt! He slams the phone down. What did he say? Well, the Stafe's off doing his road safety campaign for the kids. Stay Stafe. But apparently Stephen Fry's available. Stephen Fry? But it's been years since he made a sexy thriller for us. He dials another number on his phone. Alright, so I heard. Fucking hell, Stephen. No need to use that kind of language. You do what to me, family? You ain't back on that gear, are you? How many strippers? Mate! Fucking hell! How do you get my home address? But the security system was supposed to... No! Stephen! Put down the gun! Bang! The phone drops. He says he's good to start filming on Tuesday. It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.